You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Busy day across the NFL on Wednesday as teams try to finalize their 53-man rosters through the waiver wire and making IR designations. So that means we got to hear from Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach. So uh, catching up here, as always, this time of year is a um, bittersweet time. Uh, we're certainly excited for the start of the regular season next week, um, especially coming off um, Super Bowl victory. Uh, excited to uh, lower that. Super Bowl championship banner in front of our home fans should be an exciting night and certainly it'd be an amazing game. And the Detroit Lions will um, certainly come here ready to play um, all the respect in the world for them. So it's going to be an exciting night next Thursday. We're looking forward to that. On one end, we're, we're super excited to, you know, release our 53-man roster and we have some practice squad additions that we've made and we'll probably have a couple as, as the days go on to add to that list. Um, but it's always tough when you have to uh, say goodbye to some players that have been here um, sometimes for years, sometimes um, since the spring, but um, overall just can't thank all those players enough for their hard work during this um, off season and training camp and thank all the coaches um, for the great job they do. And, and certainly my staff for um, all the extra hours they put in, especially this time of year. Um, it's never easy. And sometimes, um, you know, these roster compositions are, are, are tough deals, but um, our guys are um, the best at what they do. And, uh, again, can't thank them enough. So with that, I'll, I'll open it up and, and take some questions. Start first with Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brad, how you doing today? Good, Adam. Good. Good. Hey, I uh, like, like the uh, racing helmets on your desk behind you, by the way. Yeah, you um, can't see them, you know, but uh wanted to show them off, but I, I'll, I'll get to it one day. All right. Hey, um, just wondering what your communication has been, if any, with Chris recently and his people and you expecting him to be here in time to play against the Lions? Yeah, I mean, we're I'll have a second question. I'm sorry, Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, certainly hopeful for that. Um, you know, we have been in communication and 
uh, actually just the last two days, um, we've been in more communication. So um, we're going to continue to press on and, and, and work hard and a lot of respect on, on both sides of this thing. And um, I mean, it's been obviously well stated how we feel about Chris and he feels the same way. So again, we're just going to keep, keep working on this thing. And um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to next Thursday and, and hopefully he's in the lineup and he's ready to go. Okay. Um, the two new guys, uh, Farrell and Rush, what did you like about them? And particularly with Farrell, you see him as being more than a first and second down player? Well, we hope so. I mean, that's all always, you know, the goal and the plan for uh, anytime you add someone on the defensive line, they can be a complete player. But I mean, right off the bat, just, you know, just a bigger body. I mean, that was one of the things that, you know, we put a little emphasis on. I mean, he's six, four and change and, you know, he's just a, a bigger, longer body and, uh, um, as you guys know, Steve, he likes he likes that prototype. Um, we certainly do as well. Like coming out of college, um, that thing kind of picked up late yesterday, and um, you, you know worked through it pretty quick actually, um, because that was you know every time you make cuts in, in your mind, you have some roster management and some games you want to play, and then you're kind of trying to project practice squads and who'll get claimed and who won't, and you know kind of going into this thing, we were looking for you know a bigger, longer um, run run playing defensive ends. So we had one of those on the tackle, and we were looking for a an athletic corner that, you know, has size, length, and speed. And so just in the last, you know, two days here, we're able to to get two of those guys, uh, uh, you know, a longer T, uh, DT and, um, you know, an athletic corner that fits the measurables we're looking for. And um, certainly like both those players come out and had, um, you know, the tape was just seemed like we watched it yesterday on Rush. And, um, and then the DT, I mean, just came out last year, was a fourth-round pick last year. So, again, two young guys that we get to add to our roster – along with the draft picks, I think all of them, you know, earned their way on the roster this year, um, as well as one undrafted free agent. Okay, thanks. And one last thing for me, Darius mm-hmm. uh, Tony and Legarius Sneed, are they candidates to go on IR now, or are they going to be on the 53? And if so, do you expect them to play against Detroit? Um, they'll be on the 53. And again, I don't want to speak for uh, the coaches or for Rick, um, but, you know, they have a good chance to, be where they need to be week one and, and we'll see. And uh, again, I like, uh, I'll let Rick make those decisions, him in conjunction with the players. They have a great relationship um, with all of our players, but especially those two and credit to Kadarius and to, to LJ and, and Turk. Wharton. I mean, really all the guys, but you know, you think about Kadarius and, and LJ and, and Turk Wharton right off the bat, um, just give them so much credit and the work Rick and Julie and glove and Evan that tip the whole staff down there. Those guys have worked their tails off around the clock to put themselves in a position to play Thursday. And I think that they certainly have a chance and, and, and we'll see how it goes. Next is Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brad, I have a couple things. Um, Brett uh, wondered on the, on the seven wide receivers, first of all, obviously it's, it's an unusual number since you've been here. Can you just explain um, how you're going to try and get value out of all seven guys? Well, I mean, we have different types of receivers um, and, you know, whether they are uh, guys like, you know, Richie James that handle a bunch of stuff with the return game. Then you have Ross as a size guy. You know, we lost Jody. Um, and that was someone coach always had packages in for and short yards and red zone. Um, but I don't think there's ever a shortcoming of creativity with our coaches. And we have a, a talented, deep receiving core. They're all different in their ways. And coaches does a great job of, um, trying to maximize what they can do and, and imp- implementing packages for guys. And I think that's, you know, we'll have a core group of guys that can handle every package and be involved in every package. And then we'll have a group of guys that, 
these are kind of tailored and tweaked to what they can do, and they're going to highlight their skill set. And so I think having, you know, those seven receivers gives, gives us a variety of different ways to, to attack a defense and um, certainly trust our coaching staff to um, maximize their abilities, you know, um, as they've done in the past with these different types of wideouts. And to follow up on Chris, when you say communication, just want to clarify, do you mean progression towards a deal or progression towards just getting him to back in Kansas city without a deal? And do you foresee him potentially returning absent a deal? I, we've been in communications and I think, um, you know, I like to keep all of those communications, you know, between us and them just out of respect for the whole process. And, um, you know, in the hopes that we can continue to work to get something done. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Brett. Thanks for the time. Yeah. Uh, as you're looking at the defensive line and the way it's structured right now, just what was the decision making and that, that sort of led you to make this trade with the Raiders to, to take on Farrell? And um, how much of Turk Wharton's progress uh, gives you confidence if Chris isn't available for week one that that you guys are set at that position? Well, I think all that kind of comes into play. Um, so we're working hard and you know, our hopes are to get Chris in here as soon as possible. And we continue to work through that. You know, there'll be an acclimation phase for him. Turk, as I mentioned, has busted his tail to get back here. Um, he's progressed and it was great to see him come out of that last preseason game without any injuries. But, you know, you, those are still kind of things you're working through. Um, and then you have uh, a young guy in, in Kendrick Colburn um, that has got a chance to go out there and, and play and produce in some preseason games. But I mean, I mean, the reality of it is the reality of it is these rookies have played like, a game if that I mean you figure a couple quarters and three preseason games I mean it adds up to like a game so just wanted to get some depth um from an injury standpoint from a depth standpoint and also again I think we just from a you know body type we're trying to get a little bit bigger too so I think it kind of fit a bunch of needs for us and um you know that's why when we had the opportunity we we just ran with it yesterday go next to Pete Sweeney go ahead Pete Right. Uh, fans have been really transfixed on on wide receiver Justin Ross and, and his story. And, and it pushed you guys to to keep seven receivers, which which Andy has never done. You, you guys have never done. Um, just what what do you project for him as far as if he is up each and every week? What what type of receiver do you guys in your, your personnel room foresee that he could potentially be ceiling wise for you? Yeah, I think um, first go back credit to the kid and credit to our training staff. It, you know, came here last year and had some injuries at Clemson and then had kind of another injury that progressively got worse here last year, but our docs identified it right off the, right off the bat and shut him down. And we just really, you know, put our trust in, in, in the kid and our training staff to get him to where he needs to be. Did that came out here in OTAs and it was a little bit of a feeling out process. And then I think like halfway through the OTAs, you can really start to see him get that confidence up and that, you know, that belief up and he's just progressively gotten better. And, um, you know, with these young guys, as, as all of you guys know, I mean, there's so much verbiage in this playbook and there's so much dialogue. I and mean, then there's so many, um, you know, tweaks to every assignment in regards to where they align and how they look at coverage and how they alter routes. And so it's it's super complicated. And these guys over time start to figure it out. I think we'll see a big jump with Sky. Um, and I think what you'll see from both Justin and Rashi as, as the games go on, um, you'll see them probably have certain packages and that will bleed into, you know, hopefully they continue to grow and progress and produce on the field. And that will lead in, in, you know, to more utilization within the offense and then graduating from a package player to an every down receiver. And I think the hopes with all these young guys are for them to just gradually make that transition. And, and um, you know, I think we have a 
bunch of guys that are candidates to do this on this um, on this roster. And I think in the in the meantime, coach does a great job of finding what they do and putting them in positions to win to to, to gain their confidence and to help us on on game day. And like I said, if they're able to do that and then naturally progress over the volume they can handle for you know full course of the season. Thanks, Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Sorry, forgot to unmute. Uh, the, the trading season, especially now with its one cut down, like how, how much was that different this year and trying to make deals since you didn't kind of have stages going on, did it make it easier? Did it make it harder with all the activity that was happening all at once? Um, you know, I, I would say it's a good question. It, potentially like a little harder is my first, um, gut reaction to that question just because, and I joke with the guys yesterday, I mean we usually are getting calls two, three, four days um, prior to the deadline or right after the, you know, the second preseason game, things start to heat up. And th- there was kind of a huge silence period there. Um, and really until Oakland, uh, Vegas, excuse me, called about, you know, the, the potential of the DT. That was, I think the first call we all heard all basically all three preseason camps. So I think, you know, a lot of that had to do, there were so many guys and none of them had been cut yet. And, a lot of teams, sometimes they try to hide players and not play guys that play good the first week. And, you know, teams know they can't make them on their roster. And I think teams are just waiting to um, to see the actual list to see what was real and what was just kind of hearsay through social media. So I think it probably made it a little bit harder to execute trades, um, put a little bit more stress on our staff last night. I mean, even though we picked 32nd on the waiver wire, we were here till 12, 31 o'clock in the morning, just making sure if we did have a chance, you know, we put in for players and it, it did work out for us. We got a corner that we liked. So um, I just think the the communication was probably um, delayed and it, it potentially could have, um, you know, negated some maybe earlier trades. I, I don't know. I just know from my end, and I can't speak for every team. Um, other than that Vegas call yesterday, it was really kind of quiet right through cut down. Got time for a few more. We'll go down the line, starting with Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Brett. Um, two questions. First one, just kind of a housekeeping. You mentioned a couple of the guys who were injured earlier. Do you anticipate that there's anybody off the initial 53 that you're going to be needing to place on IR, like a, a Nick Jones or and how Leo Chanel is doing with that hit pointer? Yeah, as we sit here today, I think we're good. I, I don't – I mean, listen, all this stuff can change. And, again, I don't want to speak for, speak for Rick or the coaches, but I would, I would say that um, – There'll be no one um, that gets an injury designation within a day and there's a swap. But I think these guys are, you know, good to go. It doesn't mean that they're 100 percent and will be active game bay. But um, as we sit here today, I think these guys will all be practicing this week. I think I think that's probably a better way. And it makes sense for you guys to hear that. These guys should all be on the practice field. And then there's obviously a lot of focus this year on second and third quarterbacks and whether you were to keep one on the 53 for the third quarterback chose not to do that. Um, I know it sounds like Chris is coming back for sure. I haven't heard about Shane yet. How did that evaluation come down as far as the decision to only go with two on the 53? Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, and we've gone in different directions in different years. And, you know, we just sometimes when you just try to keep some young guys, too, it, it's difficult. And, and you do try to project some guys that you can get in the practice squad. And, you know, keeping six linebackers was something that is a little bit of an oddity, too, in some regards. And, and but when you have these young guys that, you know, are likely to be gone and you, you want to see that through, I, I think sometimes you have to make tough decisions. Um, you know, obviously um, Shane is, is a good football player and, you know, we love having him around, um, you know, certainly going to miss him. And it was just one of those things where at the end of the day, we, and we always say this to all the guys at the end of the day, like make our jobs easy and, and put it on tape. And you know, that's where Blaine came out and won the job. And, um, you know, so 
it doesn't make it any easier because I think there was a lot of trust and belief in Shane Bouchelle and um, love him as a player, but it wasn't an easy decision. But I think just from a roster management standpoint and trying to navigate through the D line and Omenahu suspension and wanting some extra corners because they're young. Um, they're just sometimes roster decisions, decisions you have to make. And that was what we felt was best at this time. Last two, we'll go Nick and then Steve. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, Brian, my question for you is whether it's a trade, a free agent signing, or contract extension, what all factors have to come into play for it to work out for everybody and be successful? Um, it, For in regards to who? Just the team or I lost you there? Yeah, just in general for both both parties. For the teams, whether it's a trade and free agency, whether it's you guys and whoever the free agent is or an extension with you and the player. Like what all factors come into play to make it successful and work for everybody? I'm not sure if I understand. I didn't hear the first part of the question. I just heard what makes it successful. Yeah. Okay. So what I was asking is whether it's free, whether it's a free agent signing, this is just in general, it's a free agent signing, maybe a trade that you guys did like with the Raiders yesterday or a contract extension, what all factors come into play to make it work for both parties? Oh, I mean, sorry. I didn't hear the first part of the question. That's why I didn't, didn't quite understand it. Um, You know, I think, it's a business. So on one end, I think guys have to be um, in a place where, um, you know, they check the boxes in regards to, you know, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a free agency deal, but I think then it comes down to, you know, winning and, and having the opportunity to play with a great coaching staff and play in front of a great fan base. And um, there's a Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey factor, I'm sure. And, and a Chris Jones factor. So, you know, I think that there's, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. There's so many things that go into all these things, you know, what other offers they have and um, from a team trade standpoint, um, you know, scheme fits and, you know, personality and cultural fits. And I mean, those things, and that's why these things take a lot of time to go through, whether it be the draft process, whether it be a trade process, whether it be a free agency process, there are layers and layers of factors that, that go into everything. And, if you're off in one in one of those categories with those factors, it, sometimes it, it, it doesn't work out. So you certainly have to, and, and listen, and um, these things are never um, an exact science. And, and sometimes, um, you know, you get the short end of all those things. And, um, but I just think that there is an unknown aspect to every trade signing draft pick, what have you. Um, and that's why you do as much work as you can on, on the person and the fit to start. Um, and then you just let the natural course of, all the other things that come to play. And there are so many of them and you just try to exhaust all the information you have. Last one to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Brett, how you doing? Good. Hey, I want to ask you about the receivers. I know you talked a little bit about it, but um, after talking to a couple of the guys, you know, after the preseason game, they said they really wanted to make it tough on you all to, you know, as far as the decision process goes. I know one of the guys that you uh, had traded away was uh, Amir Smith-Marset to Carolina. Uh, how, just how tough of a, of a decision was it um, for that receiving room? Well, it was really tough because we had a, a bunch of, of young players, a bunch of talented players, and a bunch of players that um, provide different, you know, elements to the game for us. And, and you know, you talk about Amir, and he was a guy that took advantage of every opportunity, and it goes back to what Coach always says, you know, one, you know, take the decision out of our hands, and then two – you know, this is also an audition for all 31 teams. And, you know, Amir certainly made the most of that opportunity. Um, you know, we typically keep five or six wideouts. 
and then with the progression of, of Justin Ross and then having Amir, Marsmet, Amir Smith-Marset come in here and answer the call and make plays every preseason game, um, credit to the kid. And, you know, when I called to talk to him to tell him about the trade, I told him that, uh, you know, he's earned this and he has a chance to not have to worry and stress on that cutdown day um, because, you know, I mean, when the team trades for you, you, I mean, you know, you made a roster and, and not only that, but I think, you know, he has a good chance to be active. There's, you know, there's one element where these guys want to make an active roster, but then they want to be active on game day. So he put himself in a position, came in here with the right mindset. And although the receiving room was very crowded and, you know, the odds were against him, he just went out and put the blinders on and, and took advantage of every opportunity he had. Um, made it tough on us, but then also showcased his talent to, to those other teams. And I'm sure there was a few other teams that would have put in a claim for him. Maybe they didn't want to trade with us. Um, and then Carolina, credit to them to just, you know, reaching out just to try and to make sure they get him, even though they are high on the claim. And and now he's a chance to not only be on a three-man roster, but go out there and play and produce on Sunday. So certainly happy for him and um, wishing nothing but, nothing but the best. Brett, we appreciate the time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Always, guys. Thank you. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.